Welcome back to SideQuest. It is October 23rd, 2022. My name's Eric Peters and joining me today, Mr. Zach Foley. Hello. Welcome to it, everybody. It's just us, Zach. Oh, well, fuck everybody. It's just you and me. It's fine. (laughs) I'm not going to (laughs) pretend that Tom managed to get his cream or that Dan didn't fall into his uh, into his wall and pass out on a couch or or overexert himself with a keyhole. Um, You know, he's just not here. You know, sometimes shit happens and we got to make way for that. Uh, Also, Dan, I think I'm beating you in terms of episodes for the year. So there's that. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is this has not been a good year. Um, I, I am reminded of the 2014 hiatus that we had, which was like six and a half months long. We are we're we're trying to stem that, but. I just think all around, it's not been a good year. Well, certainly not for the stock market. So, <laughs> correct. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, I look at all my stock every day, and I'm like, well, that was money well spent. <laughs> that's that's sort of why I have not taken a colossal chunk and gone into it because, I'm like, well, this could disappear if I put it there, or I could just hold on to it and it could yeah. not disappear. But then it's like, well. Let me tell you about inflation. See all that money you got there right now? It's not going to be worth that if you don't put it somewhere. Yeah, gone. <laughs> right? It's just so dumb. But I yeah, bought a movie theater ticket the other day for $18. You know, it's all over. <laughs> I have a, When it comes to movies, we have a new rule in our house. If it's available to purchase, we're just going to buy it. Because it seems yeah. like right around the time of the pandemic, movies were going to streaming services or you could just buy it the same time it came out in theaters my kids wanted to go to a a movie last weekend my wife was was out with uh with some friends and i said let's just buy a movie instead it's 24 dollars to buy a movie if we go to a movie it's 70 because you gotta buy tickets and then you gotta buy snacks and then you have to deal with other people and I don't want to do that. So we just bought a movie. And now that we have the movie theater in our basement, it's just a way, way better experience. Oh, God, yeah. Like during the pandemic, I remember my first movie uh, that whatever it was that came out that was like 30 bucks. We bought it. And I remember sitting on my couch going, man, this is such a better experience than going to the movie theater. Oh, infinitely. Because I mean, like, I don't know about Wisconsin, but like here, movie theaters have just gone to shit. They're always dirty, fucking 15 people are in there standing up, talking on phones, whatever. And I just don't enjoy it the way I used to. It's not Uh, that the theaters are dirty. It's just that there seems to be this level of common decency that's just evaporated. And I discovered (sighs) that when I moved to Phoenix. It was just people are like, oh, midnight showing of Deadpool? My kids love Marvel. I'm going to bring my entire family to a midnight showing. Oh. Oh, by the way, my wife just had a baby three days ago. We're bringing that, too. Yes. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. I mean, it's absolutely terrible. And I don't blame anybody for doing it. I don't even blame the movie theaters for really allowing it. I just kind of like I'm past that point in my life where I give a shit about movies in the movie theater. My my wife and I just more often than not sit home and watch something anyway. So, eh, fuck it. I try to give my kids those experiences (laughs) just because it's fun and I want to keep that going. But again, movie theater in our basement legitimate actual movie theater in our basement so it's like eh, you know and i don't really excited about coming to see it dude i'm I'm excited (laughs) i spent 
probably the better part of an entire day building acoustic panels for my my theater uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Immediate difference, literally immediate difference. I probably spent a month hemming and hawing about what I wanted to do. I was researching like all the best acoustical foams. There's this thing in Canada called Sonopan, which apparently you can't get in the United States. So I was like, how far of a drive is it to the nearest Home Depot in Canada to to buy those and bring them back to purchase like a professional grade acoustic panel? They're like $600 each. Like, I don't want it because I needed five of them. Like, I don't want to spend that much on acoustic panels. So how can I do this for cheaper? And then uh, started doing a bunch of research on DIY stuff. And for $105, I built acoustic panels that immediately deadened the sound. You walk in there, you can't hear anything bounce around. And I made it out of one by one frame and (laughs) duck cotton fabric that I stretched over the frame. And then I went to Walmart and I bought queen size mattress toppers and cut them up and stuffed them in the back and hung them on the wall that's all you need 105 bucks hey said the man with a diaper on the back of his mic hey you know you gotta (laughs) deaden the sound some way i'm just saying like build one more (laughs) you know i probably should or i should just build that booth but yeah man i'm i'm pumped to have you come up and and check it out it's uh it's it's turning into something it's like when i was a kid i'm trying to put myself in ellie's shoes and amelia's shoes and had i had something like that as a kid i would have been ecstatic just through the freaking roof i mean i was happy that we had a 22 inch or 21 inch color crt oh yeah when i was a kid my my parents biggest tv and i can remember this specifically uh was a sony 37 inch trinitron that we got when i was like 17 um and like that was the biggest fucking tv you could buy that wasn't a rear screen projection or any of that garbage but um i can remember like the leap to now and getting like a 42 inch or even a 50 inch tv was just transformative especially for games right um because if you think about like the aspect ratio and all that stuff that we played on growing up like that shit's just garbage all well, the eight by one and twenty one by six and all that. I do kind of miss the simplicity of it though, because back in in the day, it was doesn't matter what TV I get; it's all going to show the same frame rate. It's going to show the same resolution. The colors might be a little different, but you know, it's it's essentially the same. Now, depending on what game I'm playing, dictates which room I play it in, because the theater room is mm-hmm. is four K sixty. But and maybe you can explain this. I don't. I, the only. Sure. And, my projector, it does 4K HDR 60 frames a second. It's a, a really, really high-end home theater projector. And I've got a Sony 4K Blu-ray player, and it'll display in 4K 60 with HDR. However, mm-hmm. the second that I connect either the PS5 or the Xbox Series X to it, it'll display 4K 60, but no HDR. It says that that TV is not compatible with it, and it will only display HDR in 1080. And the huh. only reason I can think is that this projector does 4K pixel shift, meaning it takes two 1080 images and interlaces them. Yeah. And I wonder if the the, the PlayStation and the Xbox are smart enough to figure out that that's not true 4K. I mean, you get away with a lot of 24 frames a second. <laughs> there's there's a. Yeah. 
there's some debate about whether pixel shift is true 4k or not and i can't visually discern the difference between the two between you know playing on my 4k 75 in the living room and in there but i that's the, the only reason i can think of that it's not pulling hdr through it's yeah that sounds like it could be right i mean it could be something simple like a bad cable I've uh, tested, or you know like a I've tested everything. I've gone straight to the projector because I've got a Marantz, uh, okay, Marantz receiver that does 8K. I mean, it's the the guy that sold uh, me this place left all of this expensive shit and didn't even tell me about it. I just kind of walked in. I'm like, oh, all that stuff's mine now, and it's really high end stuff. But I've gone straight to the projector with the cables from the Series X from the PlayStation, uh, and it still doesn't. So yeah, it's it's got to be something with a projector then. That's um, that's uh, where I'm debating. It's like I gotta really talk myself out of upgrading the projector because Epson just put out the first 4K 120 HDR projector, ooh, and it's ooh. not Pixel Shift. Ooh, I, I I gotta tell you, man, the VRR in every game that I've played, um, especially like the 40 hertz mode and Spider Man and and you know, all the PlayStation first party games have been every bit as good um, as playing them in, you know, 90 hertz or 120 hertz. So right. I would wait until you get one that does VRR at 120 hertz. Right. Um, but man, yeah, that's appealing. I, I, I you know, and I, I say that because, again, I grew up with in an era where the biggest problem I had was connecting devices to TVs. Right. Oh, like you know, the you UHF behind- little hooks and a <laughs> screwdriver. Oh, totally. It was like some BDSM shit. Like the human centipede was going on with connectors back there. But <laughs> dude, there were so many like the it, one of the, one of the systems that I had had the little UHF hooks and then you'd connect to the RCA to oh, adapter. Yeah. Then you could plug your Super Nintendo into that, but then branch off of that for your N64. It was Everything fucking fool. ran through the VCR for some reason. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> and it had to be on channel three. Yeah, exactly. That's why you wanted everything to route through the VCR. So you yes. didn't have to like swap inputs. But I agree. Like our, our TVs have become complicated, but or uncomplicated except for the image quality, which has all gotten better. Um, it's funny because I look at like newer TVs coming out and I'm like, nah, there's not a big enough shift for me to, to move from one to the next yet. But, you know, the day will come when something shows up and it's got display port or it's got, you know, oh, some sort of could you imagine a fiber port on the back? And I'm like, fuck, yeah, I'm there. <laughs> so I was in the I was in a conundrum about a week and a half ago um, where last year, Christy and I. Well, I want a trip through work to go to New York. And it just never panned out that we could go. We got a, a three night, four day stay in Times Square in a five star hotel. I'm like, well, it'd be fun to go, but we're moving across the country. And, and just it never panned out. And the end of the year, we were looking at our schedule and just couldn't make it work. So I took the cash out option. I'm like, I'm going to replace my 75 inch TV in the, in the living room with a 77 inch OLED. Like, that'd be great. And then I fell <laughs> haphazardly into a new hobby that has consumed my obsession and that is aerial photography using drones and oh sure it was one of those things where i was just so to to back up a step um about why this year sucks and why it just continually got worse uh about a week and a half ago out of the blue i got laid off just (laughs) you know welcome to the year it's it's fine Um, long story short, I had a bunch of time on my hands 
and it was uncomfortable because I have not taken a week off where I haven't done some facet of work, checked my work email, answered some phone calls, done something in seven and a half years. And that is not an exaggeration. Ask Tom and Dan, when I went to England for two weeks, I worked every day I was there. Oh, I mean, I've been on vacation with you. You don't stop. And it's okay. I mean, like that, I'm not criticizing you for it, but. (laughs) So it was like Talladega Nights when Will Ferrell's doing that interview and he doesn't know what to do with his hands. Like that was me. I'd wake up and I'd drop the kids <laughs> off at school and I'd, I like I felt this anxiety. Like I don't what am I going to what am I going to do? I mean, I got paid out a severance package, which is fine. It gives me some time. I need to just do something. So I went out and I bought a new drone. Like, yeah, this nice. seems like a good idea instead of I don't need a TV because one of my friends, uh, I, I had some time on my hands. I took out my old drone and I was just taking pictures of our house. I'm like, oh, that looks really neat. So I reached out to a friend who's a realtor and said, is there any market for this? And she went, uh, yeah, huge market. And long story, there you have to get a commercial pilot's license to be able to use your drone for income. And I'm in mm-hmm. the process of getting that. So I couldn't start doing that. But I'm like, well, let me let me look into drones that have better cameras. And then I got a better drone that had a better camera. And then more people started reaching out like, hey, I wanted to do like a flyover of my farm or my property out here in the middle of the country and look at some hunting trails. So it's a weird hobby that just kind of turned into something that I could start making money with. But I spent the money on that instead of a new TV. And last night I was sitting there playing a game and my my 75 inch is uh, starting to get some pretty nasty image retention on it. Like, yeah. oh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> so that, that thing in the back of my brain is like 77 inch OLED. Hey, you can go get one. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know the draw. That does sound like an interesting hobby by the time, by the way. Um, so I'm fascinated fun. by it because I'm trying to find a piece of property up north somewhere that I can retire to. Yeah. And I'm noticing that like every single one of them does, you know, some drone aerial footage and some overlay to it. So I think you've you've got the hobby with some legs there. Yeah. Um, I have no idea what it takes to get a commercial pilot's license, although that it's, sounds very regulated and thus very hard. It's um, extremely <laughs> regulated. You have to everybody that's gotten it says, yeah, give yourself about a month to two months to study for it. And then you have to physically go somewhere and you're observed by FAA agents as you're taking this exam and they are super strict on it if they catch you flying commercially without that part 107 license it's a big deal oh yeah I'm sure it's a way for them to make money I mean (laughs) I say that about everything government related by the way um that's not me picking on drones I just every time I turn around like the government does something and says this is super regulated and it's just a way for them to find you and make money Um, uh but I I agree like anytime that you put anything into the air you have to be careful of you know fucking over flying helicopters and low flying planes and all that shit so I get it um but yeah that does sound really interesting it's it's super fun. So I'm that's kind of my winter goal here is to get that because you know I picked up this great hobby right around the time where you have to stop flying your drones because they don't really function too well in the cold. Sure, sure. So it gives it gives me time, but it's yeah, been, it's been so fun, man. It's it's such a cool thing. I always thought it would be really interesting to take those on like the national park circle. You can do like I mean, and that's hard to do, right? Because like you do have to have that commercial license, or they will no, not. No, you let can't you fly, fly a drone in and- parks. You can't yeah. fly a drone in a national park at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. I know that there are some people that get licenses to do so. Oh, I um, wonder. Yeah, maybe you can. Yeah, but I think it requires that license. And then I think it requires very limited um, access. And I get why. Right. But I always thought that would be really interesting. And I don't know. I just want to go out to parks. I don't know. 
Well, I was just looking at the fines and all of that right now. If you so you have to register your drone, it costs five dollars. But if you don't register your drone, it can be it's a criminal offense and two hundred and fifty thousand dollars if you don't yeah. spend five dollars yeah. to register your drone. And then if you're flying without a pilot's license, like they specifically call out realtors. Like if you're taking aerial pictures of a house to sell, you need a commercial license for that. $35,000 per offense. Hey. Like I'm not messing around with that. So even if I were to send my friend a picture and she were to post that and then the FA like they regulate that, they'll look at it. Yeah. Like, oh, that's it. Like look into it. Like I'm not going to mess with that. I'll wait till next spring to start doing this for you. Although that does seem to be just a good way to take a chunk out of Zillow. I don't <laughs> like everybody else, right? You know, like <laughs> Oh well, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? But yeah, um that's that's, that's awesome. sort of that's sort of what I've been up to. Um kids and I are gonna take a trip out to Michigan this week to visit my dad and I'm gonna take it with and do some you know, like nice. Michigan on the western edge is gorgeous during this time of the year. Fly that shit into Canada. <laughs> I've crossed airspace. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. So but, what have you uh, been playing this week? Oh man. Well, do we want to start with something good or something bad? Yeah. The, Maybe we sh- I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we should get the bad out of the way first. Because, Let's get the bad out of the way. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I think you and I have both been playing this. I know Dan played it through to completion somehow. Oh God, but, why? Yeah, Scorn? it's this. Scorn? Yeah. We're going to talk oh. about Scorn. Um, oh, Scorn. I posted Windows, something it's about missed. this. <laughs> it's, if, if you haven't had an option to play, if you've had, had the chance to play Scorn yet, don't. Like, it's just simple as that. Just don't. Yeah. For, for a couple of reasons. One, it's awful. Two, it's not really even a game. No, I, I consider, like, I think it's neat. But I don't. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I don't see the gamified reason to play it. There's it's, there's not one. <laughs> it is an interactive art experience. And the th- I think the thing that really put a sour taste in my, mouse is, in my mouth is how they were advertising, or maybe, maybe a better term is not advertising the game. Because for the entire year leading up to the release of this game, they were billing it as survival horror. Now, when I ask you survival horror, what, what types of games come to mind? Resident Evil, Dead Space, Dino Crisis, all those, right? Condem- like- yeah, <laughs> Condemned, or hell, even Blair Witch. That's survival yes. horror. Yeah. No, none of those games <laughs> are anything like Scorn. Like, or Scorn is like nothing like any of those games. It's, like you said, it, it's it's mist. A it's bad mi- mist. It's a bad mist. Oh, okay, I'll put it like this. It's Riven. It's not even mist. It's the sequel to mist because it's... <laughs> It's definitely a game where you go around and point and click on things, but it is so obtuse, meaning that I like games. I think anybody that has ever heard me talk about Dark Souls knows that I love obtuse games. I love games where they don't give you a lot of story. I love games where they kind of make you figure stuff out. I couldn't do any of that shit with this game. And apparently you have to buy the art book to get it. And I'm like, no, I'm not. uh, No, just no, I'm not. (laughs) Maybe had H.R. Geiger been involved in the development. This was this was like a a love story homage to H.R. Geiger. And yes, that's fair, because it's not like H.R. Geiger work. It's just reminiscent of it. 
Um, and I mean, and it, it really is. I mean, like you can go, there's <laughs> not, not to spoil anything for anybody that wants to play this gym, but there's a Don't. section of the game where like you get your, your, your dick sucked. <laughs> I'm not going to say it any other way. Like that is a thing that happens on screen and you have to sit through it. But, but right. Like that there's nothing to it. Like that's it. That's the whole point of that scene. And you get it that done and like it just moves on to the next thing and you're like what the fuck just happened you know <laughs> and why i played up to that point and i was done i was like f- you know two hours into it and i was like nope this is just it this is jumping the shark here i can't i can't do it i think that's right around the point where i quit but the thing that that actually pushed me over the edge was the checkpointing system first of all this yeah. game is like you said it's very obtuse in its objectives you have no idea where to go you have no idea what to do and when you do something, the the process you went through in which to get there is not easily remembered. So if you no. make it 20, 30 minutes forward, hell, even five minutes forward and die, it just randomly drops you somewhere where you were. It could be five minutes ago. It could be 20 minutes ago. So you then have to like... Think back of all. Think back through all of the random shit that you did to get to where you were. And I hit a point where I didn't even remember the room they dropped me into, and went, "No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm done. I'm not doing this again." Well, and like even the first puzzle in that game broke me for a solid like two hours. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do here? Is that the one where you had like the green orb and you're viewing stuff from up above and moving the tracks around? Yes. Yeah, um, I got to the puzzle portion of that. It took me like an hour to find the puzzle because God help you if you don't turn around and look at everything. There's yeah. a door that takes you to an elevator that takes you up so you can do this peg puzzle. And then it's just a peg puzzle to open two eggs. And yep. one of the eggs is really easy and the other one is really hard. Well, I was like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do here? And then got to it and figured out like, oh, I'm supposed to move this over here and this over here. But then I got like human egg baby out. And then I was just like left to my devices of going like, okay, now what, you know? (laughs) And I just, I just, I don't have time for that shit. I know I really wish I could say I did and that I had time for obscenely obtuse games, but I, I, I can't recommend this to anybody who has anything but free time. Even then, like stare at the wall. You're going to see, there's there's other good things to hit your wall, your head against the wall over. (laughs) (laughs) There's at least something's going to happen if you stare at the wall. This is just, oh, I did. And then there are things that I like about it. Like, I I really do actually enjoy the art style. I think the game is very well done. I think from a graphics perspective, it looks great. I'm going to choke the shit out of whoever decided not to put a run button in that game. Yes. Um, But oh, God, because walking, that's the one thing that'll kill you about this game. Uh, Walking in scorn is at one speed all the time. And that speed is less than the speed of smell. It's crazy how slow you walk in this game. And you have to walk halfway across the level to hit a button and then walk halfway back across the level to make sure that you get the thing that the button unleashed and like it'll just murder your soul and especially like eric said if you get dropped back in it like oh nope do all that shit again well and and the combat too um for some reason they felt the need to put poorly put combat in this game oh yeah 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 yeah. i wasn't going to comment on that because i wouldn't classify it as combat i would classify it as you pulling a button and hoping (laughs) <laughs> much in the same way that some bridges are not bridges they're termites holding hands you know like they don't, you just don't go very far <laughs> very fast and oh like the first the first i'll give you an example of this the first weapon that you get is not a weapon 
Um, it's a key. And I tried like hell the whole game, the whole second section of that game to kill all these little uh, white floating things with this weapon and then found out, oh, you know, you don't have to do that shit at all. Like, what the fuck is this game? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that that weapon, too. Um, it's like a it's like a piston that reaches three inches in front of you. Yes. And it takes 10 seconds to reload. Yep. So if you're not close enough, and the depth perception, the, the the view of how far you are away from the enemy, it's just a guess. The thing yeah. could be right in front of you. It could be half a mile away. They hit you twice, you die. You also have to hit them twice, but you have 10 seconds between each shot. Yep. So it's... And with and, the advanced walking speed in that game, like juking and weaving does not work. <laughs> no. Well, and I didn't even get to the part of the game where you get a different gun. And Dan was telling me that there are enemies with pinpoint military sniper accuracy. And you have to try to dodge these people walking at the speed of slow. Yeah. I just I I think that game could be something else. And it probably was right. Like a game that like Scorn has been in development for going on six years. That that is how long it's back. Mind blowing to me. Yeah, that's all they came up with. In six in years. six years, yeah. Well, they did say, like, a bunch of content had to be cut, and I understand why. And they did say that the focus and the theme of the game changed twice. And I, 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 like, struggle with that because I'm like, if you meant to make this a first-person shooter, those mechanics aren't there. If you meant to make this a puzzle game, the shooter mechanics don't, don't support that. And then if you meant to make it a puzzle game all along, then why the fuck do you have weapons in the first place? Right. Like, so like nothing makes sense. And I, I feel like I'm in a circle and like this dystopian glut of <laughs> like going around and around the circle going like, what the fuck is this supposed to be? <laughs> yeah, I just I don't get, I'll get it. the book. I'll get the book. The book looks pretty. <laughs> I mean, think about uh, obviously we're talking about different developer sizes here, but Horizon Forbidden West took four years to make four yeah. years. And that game is immense absolutely immense granted the team size making it was probably 10 times the size oh easily but scorn isn't one tenth the size of horizon yeah (laughs) scorn is a two and a half hour long experience and i'll i'll go back and finish it just to say i did i won't like it's two and a half hours long how much shit can you i had conversations at horizon (laughs) zero dawn that were half the length of this fucking game So, oh God. yeah, I don't I don't get it. I, I think it like I said, there are things about it that I can appreciate, like the art style, like the fact that it runs pretty well. Um, that was an interesting. This has been an odd week for that, uh, because, of course, Gotham Knights came out and it's 30 frames a second. No option Ooh. for 60 or 120. Uh, Plague Tale came out. Same thing. Um, at least on console, you cannot you know shift at all the focus of the speed of that game. Um, and then this came out and it I don't think it registers a frame rate anywhere. Like I it, the way that it's rendered, it's hard to get an actual frame counter out of it. But like on the same token, I was like, all right, I wonder if it'll run p- better on PC. Oh, no, it runs worse. You know, <laughs> like and I have a fairly beefy PC. So I was like, the oh, thing God, that, this is all bad. There's nothing redeeming about this. <laughs> the thing that bothers me about it, too, is that. Yeah, they really focused heavily on on the art style aspect of it. Like, it's inspired by Geek. Well, if you look at a lot of his artwork, it's very mechanical. Everything is yeah. is grays and, and robot and futuristic and neo-cyberpunk style looking stuff. And obviously the alien aspect of things too. But 
this just looks like you're constantly in someone's lower intestine the entire game. Yeah. Red and bloody. And I get that it's like it's an homage and all of that. But then they leaned so heavily into that when people were criticizing the game. They're like, well, this isn't anything like you build it. To. No, no, yeah, but like the art style. It's like, <laughs> it's not. I mean, at some point, the, the art style can't support a game, right? right. Like, it, it can't. <laughs> Well, and you got to think about it, too. I mean, if if you have to fall back on the fact and, and tell people, like, you just don't understand the game, like, you misunderstood it. It's like, well, no, you've deliberately misled us. Yeah. Now you're so in you the can't be upset when people are mad. <laughs> you're into layer oh, territory. God. You're sending out review copy, like, assignments, like, hey, you don't actually play it this way. You play it this way. Like, no, you can't do that. That just makes Layer is one game. of those games that... Every t- I never bought it. I played it, but I never bought it because I was that I, I, I was that uh, uh, upset by it. And still, every time I see him, like, oh, Lair, game about flying dragons. And I have to physically <laughs> stop myself and go, yes, but remember. It's shit. <laughs> it's dog shit. It's real bad. to send out a correction to the reviewers to say, no, you're playing it wrong. <laughs> it's so What a terrible. wild time. Oh, yeah, man. so um, just avoid scorn. It's yeah. it's hot garbage. It is not good. It, it's neat if you just want to like pop into a game and look at some neat graphics, um, but don't expect to do anything fun. I feel like I could probably play that game if I watched a YouTube video on like how to go through and get the puzzles and do everything quickly. But then I don't need to play the game anymore because I've already got to see the best parts of it, which are the art. Right. right. So like just go watch it on YouTube. You'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very, very frustrating, um, but not frustrating and gorgeous and fun yeah. to play. And my God, I when I got to the end of the original, I didn't think we needed a sequel. But sure. holy shit, we needed a sequel. And that's Plague Tale. Oh, yeah. boy. What that, a fucking game. Yeah, I haven't messed around with it too much yet. I, I played the first, I think, couple levels and got to the whatever it is, the Rat City. Um but I'm once again, like blown away that a studio with that few people doing things on their own engine is doing that well. That, that is unbelievable. Yeah. Well, and the character creation, too. I'll stand pretty firm that Amicia is one of the strongest female leads in video gaming. Yeah, absolutely. She, um, she's up there. She's up there with Aloy. Yeah. Um, so freaking good. But the. So you got to the Rat City. Yes. Um, This game has already implemented another moment in gaming history that will just, it's burned into my mind. So if you remember from the first uh, Plague Tale, when you come around the corner and it's night and you see that flaming windmill in the distance, you're like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) That's before you'd you'd seen the rats (laughs) and just shit was just, just, you know, evaporating around you. Um, when you are leaving the city in the wagon and you get separated from from Hugo and your mom and you're running through the fields and these guys spot you and they throw this Molotov down into the fields and like everything just goes up in flame. Like, yes, Plague Tales back. Yeah. That game, I I I I played it I played it on the PC. Um I haven't tried a console version yet, though I should probably buy it because it'll probably be fairly. It's on Game yet. Pass. But oh, I'm gonna is buy it. I'm gonna physically buy yeah. a PS5 copy. Um, but I yeah, I I played it on PC Game Pass. 
Um, and it was weird for the first couple hours, like none of the, none of the stuff that I was expecting to be in it was in it. Like there was no ray tracing, there was no DLSS three and all that. Um, and they released it a couple hours later. And when I tell you, like I am running a fairly beefy PC, that PC is on its knees with that game. Yeah. It's wild. And (laughs) And so you, yeah. And it's crazy good. You made a comment about how Gotham Knights was stuck at 30 frames and you could tell I, yep. I, I mean, I can tell that this is in 30 but it's hidden very well. Very well. Yeah. It's, it's paced. Well, that's, that's a concept that, um, lots of tech reviewers get into. And I, I, I'm not going to sit here and staple over everything that they've said, but when you frame pace a game well at 30 frames a second, you cannot tell, Uh, or you can, but it's just, it's so well done that you really don't feel a difference. And that game is frame paced exceptionally well. Um, and it's also got lots of tricks going on in the background, like TAA and upscaling and all that stuff that makes it look great. Um, I'll tell you the one thing that you can turn off to make it look better is ambient occlusion. Um, oh, and yep. I would like almost immediately because it just blurs everything out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that game absolutely blows me away. And well, I'm, I'm going to go finish it. I had a couple other things to do this week. But uh, yeah, that'll be on my docket this evening and probably for the rest of the week because there ain't shit else coming out for a while. Uh, well, God of War is <laughs> only two weeks away. Yeah, I know. And that's a while. <laughs> Call of Duty is this Thursday, but not even frame pacing. The game itself is is paced phenomenally. And yeah, I, I believe yeah. this. I don't I think this is my game of the year or it was my top. It was definitely my top three the year that it came out. Sure. But if you want to, if anybody's wanting to see how to masterfully take a game and pace it with three different elements, because Plague Tale has three really distinct elements to it. They have your your exposition dumps, they have your stealth sections, and then they have your uh, rat sections, which are like high intensity, um, just kind of not survival horror, but along those same lines. Three very distinct aspects of it. And they're all really good in small snippets and you can get burned out on them really quick and they pace them perfectly. You go through a rat section, you're probably not going to see another intense rat section for 45 minutes to maybe an hour. Yeah. And then you go through your exposition dump and then through some stealth sections. But they're all in their own individual aspect. They're all a ton of fun. But when you see how cleverly they're put together, it's it's such a fantastic game that, you know, I. I am so pleased that this developer got the recognition that they deserved for their original game and were, were afforded the opportunity to do a sequel because it's it's stellar. Yeah. And I mean, again, they're doing this with their own technology. So I, I like hats off, man. Right. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Like, that is crazy. That is like me going out and developing an alternative to Unreal, which looks better than Unreal. Right. Right. Like that's, you know, going and then out just and making saying, a killer like, game I, in it as well yeah just now nah, we made this for this oh oh shit you did what <laughs> like i know that's the industry deal. standard especially, but especially because, as good as it looks because, because it's, again this? with ray tracing and all that it's nuts yeah yeah i'm i'm blown away unfortunately it's a it's a game where christy has uh mandated that i'm not allowed to play it when she's not there which is fine because there's so few yeah. and far between on those and i'll always take that opportunity um we played through the original one together. This one we're playing through together. However, we don't get to start it until after uh, the kids go to bed. And by then she's kind of burned out. So she passes out on the couch and I only get like 30 minute chunks at a time. It's like, eh. oh, 
take it. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like that, that game is meant to be played in 30 minute chunks. Yep. I mean, you could play it straight through and you could probably get through it in what, six or seven hours. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you, you really should stop and enjoy and have a minute to think about some of the things that you said and done in that game, because there are a ton of little nuanced, you know, just like how this character reacts or, uh, you know, something that the protagonist does that is just, you know, it's kind of in a gray area. And you should stop and think about those things, too, because that game is as well as it performs is written even better. Yeah. Um, well, and, and to go back to my comment about Amicia, too, she in the beginning of this game, you can tell that the events from the first one have weighed very heavily on her because she oh, yeah. grew up in yeah. French nobility and kind of had a little bit of a privileged life, but she was grounded in that privilege. Like she understood that she had it better than the masses and she was out to protect the masses. So when she had to take a life, it weighed heavily on her kind of like Lara Croft in the, the, the Tomb Raider reboot that first time she kills somebody like she just starts just having this anxiety attack about it. So when Amicia is drawn to kill again in, in this one, it just kind of sets her back down this path of like, I thought we were done with this. Yeah. Well, and I think that's an interesting parallel. Uh, Oh man, I really wish Laura Croft hadn't gone to shit. Uh, cause that last game was terrible, but the first two were really good. Um, the shadow of the tomb Raider and rise of the tomb or whatever those were. Um, we're really good. And I, I kind of hope I haven't gotten to the end of this one, obviously, but I kind of hope they, they stop it and mm. then go to another point in time in her life because this doesn't take place long after the first. Oh, no, it's very quick. Yeah. It's, it's days, months, weeks, whatever. I think it's a couple um, months. And I think that's what happens when you try and do too much too fast. Like with Laura Croft, for example, those first two games were good because she was just starting out. She was very vulnerable. She didn't know who she was. Um, and she didn't get a chance to grow. So by the time you get to the third game, she's just a killing machine. And you're like, well, what, what am I doing here? You know, right. um, so I, you know, I back away from it and I say, like, yes, you should have a continuity in your games, but that continuity should take huge, you know, huge breaks. Right. Um, and I, I just I think that's what Tomb Raider could have used. So um, I just looked and this one is six months after the original six months, yeah. which okay. which is really neat because. Without spoiling the 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 end of the original, they thought this was over, and they're starting to get uh, the what's the what's the the name of the disease? the maculum? They're starting yep. to get that under control, and she kind of falls back into this sense of safety, and then they stumble back into it, and you can tell she's just like trying to grasp it back to oh fuck, like no, that like let's just pretend this isn't happening, and and yeah. things are just eroding around her again so that's really cool because there's enough time for her to build up that sense of safety but not enough time where it's like eh, they should have seen this coming yeah well and not enough time that like she forgot how to do stuff right like the worst right. thing that you can do in a sequel is redo everything that you've had to do in the first game um, so and especially a, with like skills and abilities and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say there's a really interesting point. I don't know if you've made it this far. I, you and I seem like we're pretty close to the same part, but you're running around with Lucas, who is a, a apprentice alchemist. And obviously in the, the first game, Amicia learned how to make fire ignifers. Mm-hmm. And as you get to this puzzle, you can see like physically hear her recalling. Oh, we Oh, I remember like this 
the the ignifer and I need this and I need that. So she's recalling how to make it instead of it being like, okay, now you need to find and somebody teaching her. So it's it's yeah. drawing on that, like, hey, remember this. You you knew how to do this. So that six month gap is really neat because if you don't use a skill over and over and over and over and over, you're gonna sort of forget it. So it's like Lucas recalling that memory for her, going, Hey, remember we we used the ignifer for this before. Sure. So yeah, that, like, and, and, th- those and again, little pieces are awesome. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I, I think that'll be. It's funny because everybody keeps asking me what's on my game of the year list. So far, I, I'll just tell you right now. Um, my game of the year list is two games, um, and one of them is Plague Tale Requiem. The other one's Elden Ring. I think um, Elden Ring is going to be everybody's game of the year this year. Like, I just don't see I it. Don't not. Know, man, I, I feel like it came out really early in the year and a lot of people will forget until they pick it up and play it again. Um, but I, I you know, like I, I would be remiss if I told you that Plague Tale shouldn't win it because I really do think it should so far. And I'm not done yet. Um, but I, you know, it's good. It's fucking good. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, this year's game of the year show is going to be very, very, very difficult to pick a top, but as it stands right now, uh, Elden Ring is still at the top. I mean, I've, yeah. th- that's, you know, not to rehash old ground, but like I have not played a game that's engrossed me that much in a decade. Yeah, I get it. And like, once I got my plot, I thought for sure I'd be done playing it and like every once in a while i just pick it up i'm like man this is a fucking good game well there was just a huge update for it a, a huge balancing yeah. update but then people were digging into it like oh fuck there's dlc coming yep oh yeah if that fucking dlc hits this year i'm done like that that'll it's just game be over. It. that's my game of the year yeah i mean and don't get me wrong i have absolutely no doubt that god of war will be good um right. but i don't think it's a game of the year con- contender i think it'll be very safe I think it'll stick to the the bones of God of War four, and that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that that's bad at all, but I I can't imagine that it's going to blow me away uh, like Elden Ring did, or you yeah. know, frankly, like Plague Tale is doing at, yeah. at present. It's going to be um, more God of War, which is fantastic, and I yeah. have no no concerns whatsoever that they're going to absolutely nail it. Yeah, so. I, if they do, hey, more power to them. Like shit, you got me. Um, so, but I just I don't see it happening like that. I'm looking at the the games coming out the rest of this year. And obviously this this Friday, who it's a big one for me. Call of Duty <laughs> Modern Warfare 2. Um, oh, yeah. My son got the pre-release or whatever of that. And he was playing it last night. I was sitting here watching and I'm like, man, yeah. they put a lot of effort into that squirrel's ass. Like <laughs> you. So if you if you digitally pre-ordered it, you got to play the campaign a week early. And yep. I didn't digital because I'm not about that lifestyle. But no, Modern Warfare <laughs> 2 was my favorite Call of Duty, hands down. I mean, I put more time into that than any of the other ones. I mean, obviously not Warzone, but all the others combined. So to see them continue on. And the original Modern Warfare reboot, the story in it was so freaking fantastic. I'm pumped yeah. to see how yeah, they... Yeah, yeah. they I'm really curious to see how they, they approach the, the airport level where you could go and just massacre everybody. <laughs> I'm not sure how they'll do that, but that one's definitely. I don't know how you top that. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't do that. Well, especially in this day and age, too, where everything's all like, oh, you don't want to offend people. It's like, well, you know, this is art, and this is the type of shit that oh, really yeah. happens. Well, and I mean, uh, I get into such a huge kerfuffle with myself because I am very like, no, we don't want to hurt people's feelings, but if it's art 
And it's done with the intention of waking people up and saying like, hey, here is this thing. Like, we do have to acknowledge this. Then we should do it every time. Uh, right. Because you, I, it, I can't tell you that I think like Russians wouldn't go into an airport right now and start killing people. Like, I that's mean, a thing that can happen. They're bombing shopping complexes in the Ukraine right now. It's the same yeah, mass concept. Gang rape, all that. You know, as, as long as shit. the narrative around it explains and demonizes what's happening then it's fine. Yes. This isn't like that RPG. What was it? Super Columbine Massacre RPG or something oh, that came God. out. Yeah. This guy's like, hey, let's make a <laughs> game about me, school shooting. Look at me. <laughs> I, I love those games. I think they're all crap. I like the JFK uh, yeah. murder simulator, 9-11, escape the building. I think those games are all, I feel like those games are all programmed by 15-year-olds that just want to say, look at me, look at me. Yeah, they're um, looking for recognition. A, a true genuine piece of art like Call of Duty, um, you know, don't don't speak or whatever it was, I, I thought was genuinely moving and not in a good way. Like I, I came out of it and I felt worse about playing it. Right. But I definitely like recognize like, oh, shit, this is <laughs> like this is actually what happens. Right. In a lot of instances. And that's awful. But, you know, it wakes me up and it makes me remember like, hey, maybe Putin's not a good guy. <laughs> maybe we should listen to him. Just saying. <laughs> He's been in power for um, 30 years, maybe. No, yeah, what a piece of shit, you know. So that's this That's this Friday. November is freaking stacked for me. Um, yeah. There what is uh, Harvestella, uh, November 4th. Gonna, 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 gonna not pick that up till after Christmas. That's a, that's, that, that's a game that's gonna, that's, that, that's gonna take up a lot of my time. Did you play the demo? I know what that is. Did you play the demo? <laughs> Yeah, I did, and I shouldn't play that. It's <laughs> unbelievably... I, just, I, sh- I shouldn't play that at all. <laughs> it's crack. I mean, it's... It is. It's so bad. It combines my t- two of my favorite franchises, Final Fantasy and Harvest Moon. Like, it just doesn't get so more bad. addictive than that. At some point, I do feel like that's sort of predatory, but, you know... Oh, hey, my God. I'll, I'll buy a copy eventually. <laughs> I'm very reluctant to finish long demos... I played the shit out of that demo. I oh, haven't yeah. done that since I was a kid. Harvest Harvestella is put together specifically <laughs> specifically for my wife. Right. And then for my wife to convince me to play it. Because it, it is. It's both of those things, like, amped up to 10 million. You know, farming simulator, little RPG element. Holy shit, it's got this whole complex. Oh, my God. I can't play that. I don't, I'm, I don't have the time in my life for that. <laughs> That that might be one that I just put on the Christmas list. I like to throw my wife a couple bones every once in a while and just yeah. like, hey, you know, I had this a game I'd like to get, so have her snag that. But then nice. um Sonic Frontiers. Obviously, for oh, is that kids. this month? That's Holy November eighth, yeah. I'll probably oh pick gosh. that up for Ellie for Christmas. Yeah. But then, why not? Uh God of War Ragnarok. Yep. Tactics Ogre Reborn. I mean Ooh. you have to buy that, Zach. Uh it's tactics ogre. Oh, can you even call yourself whole year of my life gone? <laughs> can you even call yourself a tactics fan if you're if you don't buy tactics ogre? You know what? I fucking can't reach it right now. I have a fucking copy of Ogre Battle sixty four right there. No. <laughs> Final Fantasy Ogre Battle Tactics on Game Boy. Sealed and unsealed. I have that game down, but I can't play it. <laughs> Ogre Battle so, The Knights yeah, of Lotus. So oh. So have you played that in the Knights of Lodi? Is it I Lodi? Think so. Yeah, L O D. Lodi, Lodi, yeah. So good. 
Oh, Unreal I know. Real how like good those that games game is. are so fucking addictive, though. Like it is. It's it's my crack. It's you cannot put an ogre battle text. It's like putting Final Fantasy Tactics in my hand and telling me don't play it, don't like it. Like shit, I'm gonna be in love yeah. with this. This and is and I'm like gonna hate you for giving and, it to me. Yeah, exactly. Just just put an IV in my vein and give me some of that. You know, <laughs> it's it's like Project Triangle strategy. I had to physically step away from that because I could feel the hooks. Like hey. Mm-hmm. You know, these battles take an hour. Like, why not do three of them? Oh, God. (laughs) Why not do three? And then, oh, by the way, you got an upgrade. Now you got to go try that out. Fuck. (laughs) Um, And then. I shouldn't shouldn't play that. (laughs) That might be another after Christmas one. I I feel like. uh, I feel like every game that I buy before Christmas is probably going to get played. So, yeah, I'll probably get it next year. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Maybe then it'll be cheaper. <laughs> December 2nd, we've got Callisto Protocol, which is a, a Dead Space I, I, homage. I find it really weird that we're getting Dead Space and its homage in the same year. Like in, the, well, <laughs> like Dead in Space a one is, year gap. Yeah. Dead Space is <laughs> January, isn't it? January. Yeah. But I mean, hey, if that's what gets games back to into the fray, then that's fine. I am interested in Callisto Protocol and I'm interested in it specifically because it's got a huge amount of gore and from what i'm told it's story driven but it's not necessarily like all about the story so i can get into that right i I have a hard time getting into zombie games that are like 19 hours long that are just half story uh but i could see playing that and i'm I'm, I'm genuinely interested in that i think dead space struck that perfect balance though first person third person style survival horror shooter your upper threshold for that is like eight hours nine if it's really good and i started to feel that with doom three which we'll talk about in two weeks i hit the six hour mark and went like all right let's start wrapping this up here and i remember when the uncharted's came out there was this this big conversation about like man this game is 60 bucks and it's only nine hours long like but it's fucking great nine hours yeah whereas you've got games like assassin's creed which are 80 and you can't judge a game so on good. its on its length. <laughs> it's how good it is, and I'm I'm excited for that one. Um, af- however, after being burned by scorn, I'm going to be a little bit more picky about like yeah. I'm gonna make sure I understand what this game is because maybe I let the pendulum swing too far. I went into this. I'm just not reading about games at all because I don't want to have stuff spoiled. I like to just go in with that that youthful ignorance of this game's going to be great. Well, two games this year have burned me: Scorn and Saints Row. Yeah. Oh, God. Saints Row. That game, like I kept looking for and I remember thinking this before I I picked it up and I did pick it up. Um, I remember thinking, like, what is this going to offer that the original didn't? Okay, graphics. Sure. Uh, Better performance. Sure. And then I played the game and I was like, oh, and they forgot the game. (laughs) Right. Like because I couldn't. (laughs) Right. Like, I mean, did you feel that like 10 minutes into the first mission? You're like, oh, this is pretty neat. Oh, shit. This is the whole game. You know, like there's nothing else to it. I think Dan and I talked about it in the in the the last show, but it's it's just clunky. It seems very piecemealed together. The the, the opening scene, it's just bits of like, hey, this happens. Hey, this happens. Hey, this happens. There's no cinematography with it. And you step back to Saints Row 4 and that opening mission where you're you're busting through this base and you're jumping onto this rocket flying up into space like that's good cinematography in the game this this new yeah. saints road like the city feels empty 
there's just not much to do. The characters really aren't all that engaging. It just seems like it's this very, it's made in a different time. Let's just say that it's very PC sure. compared to what the originals were. And when I, and I don't understand that, right? Because I I always thought Saints Row was fine. It was, you know, obviously compared to Grand Theft Auto. Uh, but the sillier and stupider they got, like, the better they were. Yes. And this one neglected all of that and just went for, like, but we want to be a Grand Theft Auto clone. Like, what what is the strategy there? What, but what you is can the make strategy a car out of, big... you, you can make a car out of cardboard. Like, that's funny. Uh, no. <laughs> Like I want the dildo sword. That's what I want. You know, <laughs> what was the one where you cram it up the guy's ass and then you fire? Oh it yeah, into him? the uh, the oh, fuck. I can't remember what it was called. Like I need a little bit of that in my life. I mean, because I'd pick that up and I'd play it as often as I play Grand Theft Auto Five, and that is just between meetings or whatever I'm doing that day. You know, just as kind of a stress relief. Right. And like without all of that, it doesn't make much sense to play it. I don't I don't understand what I'm supposed to be playing here. <laughs> yeah, they they swung it way too far on the other side. It's like just cause struck that perfect balance of open world silliness without going too silly, but without being too serious. And Saints Row, yeah. the previous iterations, like we're just going to go straight silly. And now they're kind of like trying to dial yeah. it back and it's not working. Well, it feels like they're trying to make it into like its own unique franchise. And I, I, again, I thought Saints Row was built on the idea of like the dildo sword, like the dildo right. sword Saints Row was the franchise, not right. Saints Row is a name. Like, right. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see any more Saints Row after how poorly this one was received. No, 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 not 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 for a couple of years. And then we'll be into like the reboot of the reboot of the reboot. Like for some reason, they're redoing Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. And I, I just set back from that and I'm like, uh, wow. what? <laughs> No thanks. Like that game is four years old. It doesn't need a redux. No. <laughs> I don't understand what, what what could I possibly achieve by having something over sixty frames per second and Horizon Zero Dawn. I already right. have that. Well, it's prettier. Oh, yay! Yay! <laughs> Measured out in millimeters, not you know, not even inches. <laughs> you know, like okay. <laughs> I guess uh, it's fine for people who were just picking up Playstations and didn't play the PlayStation Four version, right? Um. But that seems more like remaster territory. And like you you put it in a box, you give it a couple checkbox features, and then you put a $19 price tag on it. Not $70. No. Right. <laughs> well, and, then, and let's let's make a case for that real quick. $70 means I get a new game or a new experience. Yeah. $50 and below means I get a remaster. And that should be, you know, like if you can set those price points for everything, I think everybody will be fine. But when you start to sell people you know, the one incremental checkbox feature and put a $70 sticker on it. it. It's, it's a harder sell. Well, that's why the, the last of us remaster It's like, I can't justify full price for that. I I don't, uh, I got locked up in that in my head. Cause I was like, I would not, I, I really don't ever want to play the first last of us ever again. Me either. I have no interest in it because it had such an impact on me and it was such a good game. Like I don't need to play it again. And then they put out The Last of Us 1 remaster, and I was like, I can see this for people who didn't ever play it, but I don't, you know, with the 180 million PlayStations out there, I don't know who that is. I don't, right. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know who who this is for. <laughs> yeah. Or PlayStation I, 4s, you know. Like, I don't, I don't get it. The, and I, the, you know, I certainly, you know, I can go in all about the Activision deal and all the controversy over who's trying to buy whom, and that's all crap to me. 
because it's just, you know, it's like yet another in the long line of let's just invent a, a controversy for controversy's sake. Yeah. But the $70 game price point is one that's pretty near and dear to my heart. And I, for the record, I don't believe that everything is for everybody and that everything should be accessible in $30. I think that, again, for $70, I ought to get a new and unique experience. And for $50 and below, I should get something else. Right. Well, yeah, yeah it was kind of like those back in the the PS2, PS3 era when it was like, well, this is from a smaller studio. It was 40 bucks. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hell, how, where would where would Psychonauts be without that $40 price point? Exactly. Right? Like, where would um, smaller indie belt really good games be without that $30 price point just to entice people into the series but now everything's either 70 bucks or 60 bucks and I don't know none of that makes sense to me um and I I can't get behind the idea that anybody is needing money uh because if you want to sell a game cheaper there are certainly ways to do that um and this just feels like another way to kill the collector's market if I'm being honest which I'm hoping it comes down a little bit. But uh, we're rounding yeah. out the year then for me with Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion, the remaster of that. Sure. Yeah, why not? I mean... Absolutely. Is that a PlayStation 5 game or is it... Yeah, it's everything. Series X, PlayStation, Switch, PS4, PS5. Ah, nice. So... Yeah, I'll play the shit out of that. Oh, I, yeah. I think I have a copy of Crisis Core somewhere, but it would sure as hell be easier to play it not on a PSP. I'm going to say, I'm just, I'm pumped that it's finally outside of the PSP realm. Yeah. I think, oh God, this is the thing that kills me about PlayStation. Like, um, I really like the classics program. I, I'm on the premium subscription. I have access to all the old games. All of them work great. Why is there not an entire PSP section there? There's like three and, PSP games. Yes. And I will buy them. To be clear, I will buy PSP games just to have them in the modern era and have them associated oh, yeah. with my account. Like, I don't need them for free, but you got to bring them forward. Right. And there's because there's a ton of really good PSP games that are locked to that console. Like Popolo Croix. Yes, Popolo Croix. That, that game needs to come out. Yeah, I agree. All of those need to be brought forward. And again, it's probably part of Sony not respecting its history. Right. But, you know, hey, that's for another day. There's there's lots of talk about that going on. They just hired that. Uh, oh, God, I don't remember his name. Uh, they hired somebody to be in charge of bringing forward, you know, like PlayStation classics. He's the curator of PlayStation's history. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's kind of in charge of bringing, you know, classic games forward. And again, like you can say like, oh, yes, because we have to bring all the God of Wars onto a console. Well, they're already on a console, right? Like PlayStation 3 got two HD remastered ports. Um, That included all the PSP games and, um, you know, the PlayStation 4 had got of I I can't remember what they're all on, but they're all on console. So, like, there are a ton of little games out there that really deserve to be pulled off the PSP and put directly onto a new console. And I don't give a shit if you upscale them, up res them, do whatever you want to put them on there. But, yeah, just give them to me. (laughs) I want them. (laughs) I want them in my face. Can't be that hard, you know. No, 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 no. I mean, and not with a surplus horsepower that you can get out of a PS5. Well, especially Certainly with the PSP, not. it's not like it was built. I understand why the PS3 games don't come forward. That cell architecture, it's sure, a nightmare. It's yeah, yeah. You know, there's nothing special about the PSP. It's well, and that's why you have PS Now. And I mean, I've tried PS Now. Right? I, I I did that on the uh, the Facebook group about a month ago. As I said, mm-hmm. hey, I want to play all the old God of Wars, um, and I'm going to try these through PlayStation Now. They work fine. Yep. There's not one that I couldn't get through. Um, do I think they looked as good as the native ports? 
yeah, actually I do on a 4k TV. They're all going to look like shit anyway. So like I thought they looked good. They played good. So that's a viable alternative for those, but there's not one for the PSP. I'm sorry. Just, (laughs) there's not, it's, it's just a old clunky piece of hardware that has tons of games locked to it. And no, I do not need the movies brought forward. No. (laughs) Talk about what a failed format. Like that's up there with HD DVD in terms of format failures. Hey, you leave that one alone. But but yeah, I agree. Like PSP is a UMD format was stupid. But I I also get, you know, the sense that you could bring all of that stuff forward and probably 16 to 18 weeks worth of programming and just dump it and put a $2 price tag on all of it. I don't care, but I'll buy a ton of it. Oh, yeah, I would completely do. I'd rebuild up my entire library digitally. Yes. Yeah, for a PSP? Yes. Yes, I would. I'd still buy the PSP games, but I'd definitely build out a library that I could play, you know, off a tiny little screen. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's that's the that's the end of the year coming out here. I can't believe we're already running up on the end of the year. Holy shit. Yeah, this year, uh, for anybody not keeping track, it is, in fact, October. Uh, Almost November. I know it's almost November and it is flown by. So, you know, in 2024, it'll be over in 15, 20 minutes. So. <laughs> I think that's just us getting older. And as we get older, our perception of time changes. So, you know, we've experienced more time. So therefore, time goes by faster because it's a smaller sliver of our experience. So you shut your dirty hole. I'm not old. I'm 20 forever. <laughs> <laughs> Physically old, mentally infantile. <laughs> Yep, got out of bed this morning, managed to hurt myself. It was good stuff. (laughs) I thought last night I had a headache so bad. I genuinely thought I was having a stroke, and I'm laying in bed going, this is it. I'm going to die. This is how it ends. But Okay, so you've reached that level, right? Oh, yeah. The next level is, ah, fuck it, take it down. I don't want to walk away (laughs) from this one. I don't, I don't want to walk out with like half my face not working. I'm like, <laughs> oh, finally. <laughs> kill us. Kill me fast. Oh, yeah. No more bills. Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, geez. All right, man. Well, I think that's all I've got for, for this one. Um, we're going to be back that's in two cool. weeks with Doom 3. And then after that, we're going to be talking more side quest stuff. What? What is... I, we probably should have figured out what we're playing for the next side quest stuff like not playing but you know there'll be new stuff out by then god of war will be out we'll have our impressions of that yeah i think oh man it'll be freshly out side quest will have god of war dear god dear god this whole year is gone god i want uh i'd like to play dark souls with you guys at some point if you want to put that on the docket i think we should put that on the docket for early next year yeah 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 because that's like a 30 hour experience you know we gotta, ah. <laughs> you got to have it'll nothing be fine. lined up. Got to have nothing lined up for that because Dark Souls is now eligible, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think it. I think it became eligible in August of this year. But uh, yeah, that's a yeah. that's a long fucking game. I don't, I don't know if you remember when we played Dark Souls two. I said like, oh, I'm gonna go try Dark Souls one again, and I got like 20 hours into it. And I was like, oh fuck, this is a big ass game. It's so big. <laughs> So big and about the time you think like, oh, yeah, I'm getting to the end and look, there's a snake weird penis friend. And then you go, oh, shit, I still have 50 hours to go. You know, (laughs) that's I I do miss that about games. I miss games being insanely long. But anymore, I just don't have time for that shit. 
Yep. Like I don't. I wish I did, but I god damn I don't. <laughs> Just let me be. Let me let me finish this, wrap it up. That's why I'm more selective in the games I'm playing, so. But now that I don't have a job, hell I got all the free time in the world. Oh, you know what we should put on the docket? What? Goof troop. No. This episode of Factory Sealed is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon sponsors, with an extra special thank you to Zach Folly, Santos Lopez, Samuel Chun, Miles Prower, John Weaver, Jordan Lawfrey, Stephanie, Richard Cutris, Jason McGill, Colin Neblo, Dalton Suter, Juliet Breslin Romano, Gus Robin, Elliot Hughes, Aaron Lanning, Brandon Meyer, Hesley Hattie, Cheaper Gamer, Cody Halverson, Robert True, Julian Santuki, J.H., Thomas Roderick, and Kevin Loth. 